Welcome to Euclid We're going to continue our meditation on the Psalms, uh, but as we did last week, going to begin this with a reading from the teachings of Jesus. So we're going to read beginning in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6. It will be a short reading, but uh, it's, it's so familiar that sometimes we need to read it really slow. So the teachings of Christ from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 21. So do not worry, saying, What might we eat? Or, what might we drink? Or, what might we wear? For the Gentile peoples, seek after all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But first, seek his kingdom, his justice, and all of these things shall be supplied to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Pete. So I'm not sure about you, but I am a seeking creature. My guess would be that all of us, to various degrees, are seeking creatures. Now, I seek many things. Uh, I seek comfort. I seek belonging. I seek what's true and what's good. I also seek chocolate-covered almonds. And like frozen chocolate-covered almonds, I've I've realized recently that frozen chocolate-covered almonds, like, like 500 years ago, a king of a mid-sized land might once in his life, like maybe, maybe on like his birthday or very important birthdays, he might get a chocolate almond. They're like, we have traveled across deserts to bring you an almond. Wow, an almond, not done yet. Covered in chocolate, covered in chocolate, not done yet. Transported on ice. So I've realized, like, when I'm at the cottage, I got to go to the cottage this weekend. My parents recently got a cottage, and we get to go up there. It's very exciting, Thanksgiving all together. Seeking chocolate almonds takes up a, a disproportionate amount of my attention as I wander around, you know, saying hi to family and seeing the kids and thinking, oh, right, chalk, frozen chocolate almonds. And I go and eat one, and then I seek other things. I seek connection with my parents. I seek a game of cards. I seek a hike and some solitude, and I seek those chocolate almonds. You know, like... Which is just to say that all the things we seek, they're all muddled up, right? Rarely are they in like a nice linear order of what we should be seeking at any given time. All the things we seek are muddied and mixed up together. And so we have to do the work. We as human beings have to do the work every day of discerning, separating out of all the things we could seek, what is most important to seek, 
and what is less important to seek. Is this making sense so far? Okay, great. So in our lives, we are seeking what? Well, well many of us are seeking good things. We're seeking to know our neighbors. And so when we get the opportunity to do that, we respond. But we're also seeking justice in a city where housing is precarious, where addictions are rampant, where mental health is in a crisis. And so we are also seeking the peace of our city and we're seeking justice. And we're also seeking to not burn out. So sometimes I'm seeking survivor in the evenings. My wife and I watch Survivor, and it's like, oh, well, you know, some nights we should watch a show and just relax together. But other nights, I need to seek wisdom. I need to pray. I need to read something that's going to expand my mind. And so before long, what I've got is a million things I'm seeking. Some I know are great. Some I know aren't great, but I seek anyways. Chocolate almonds. And then there are many things that are lesser things I seek, and I want to seek them as they come, but I can't seek them in the wrong times. And before long, I become exhausted because I have this, like, flow chart in my mind. Does anyone else have a flow chart in their psyche that is just like, okay, so if this person's there, I want to have this conversation, but if not, I'll do this, and if my Tuesday night's free, I'll do this, but if it gets filled next Wednesday, I could, and before long, it's like, ah, it's so exhausting to seek, and because I'm a seeking creature, I can't even not seek, because whether intentional or unintentional, I will seek something, whether something I chose to seek or something I did not choose to seek, but I find myself seeking. Largely because there are billions of dollars invested into me seeking something at every second of my day. There are algorithms working overtime to make sure I seek what someone else wants me to seek. And so perhaps in history there have been times where we don't need to be as conscious of our seeking. Because a hundred years ago, you were just bored most of the time, and once it was dark, it was dark. Like, you can't even leave your house. But today, we could have light, simulated light at every moment. We could seek and scroll all evening long until the early hours of the morning. There's always something for us to seek. And so more than ever in human history, we need to scale back and focus and ask, what ought I to seek? If I can seek limitless options and limitless possibilities, but I find that exhausting to always be thinking about this, to have so many options, what should I seek with my attention? And this is where Jesus and the psalmist give us wisdom. They give us counterintuitive wisdom and wisdom that sounds foreign to our ears. They tell us to seek God. To seek God. And that's all they say. Seek God. Seek his kingdom, which is to say the, the reign of God, the authority of God, the outworking of God in our lives, in our places. So seek his kingdom. Seek his justice. But as the Psalter says over and over again, we are just to seek God. And what does it even mean to seek God? How can we do that? Well, to seek God is ultimately to seek all good things. That if God is good, and I know for some of you that's a big if, because maybe you've had reasons to believe that perhaps God is not good and God is not trustworthy. And we'll get to that in a moment. But if God is good, just imagine for a moment that there is a good source of life, 
that in you and beyond you is a source of life, a light, a constant love that is seeking connection. The God in you, the divine spark, the image, is seeking communion with the God beyond what you can know. And if you are seeking the good you cannot understand, but you continue to pursue, you will naturally be led into every other good thing that you ought to be seeking with your time. Does that make sense? If you pursue the thing you know is most good, it will always lead you into the things that you're not sure about where they rank. To just switch the metaphor for a minute, it's like all of us, you know, if you're in this room and your mother is alive, you should be calling your mom more and like by confession. I sometimes think about the fact that I'm doing all this work to raise my children, all this work only for them to treat me like I treat my parents. What a nightmare that is. Oh my good Lord. But this is what happens when we seek what is beyond us. We seek our children. We seek the flourishing of those who are coming up after us. If you were to seek your parents, this weekend I need to see my parents, or I need to talk to my parents, anything else that you have to do will naturally find its place as you seek that one thing you know you should do. Some things will be deprioritized. I can't go do something else because I'm going to go visit mom. In visiting mom, I might have a conversation that is maybe a good conversation, maybe a challenging conversation, but it's the one we had to have because I know that on this Thanksgiving weekend, I should talk to my mother. I should talk to my mother, of course. But in doing that, all these other good things may occur. And anything that does not occur did not need to happen this particular weekend. Seek mom and all other things fall into their place. You know, the mom's in the car. Yes! Praise be! Do you podcast this? Can I send it to my son? You know, like, this is, this is what we're... We want to seek good things. God is the greatest good. God is by God's own nature, the good thing we can't even understand. His goodness is beyond not only our ability to see, but his goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend. It is faith-seeking understanding. It is the goodness within seeking the goodness beyond. And as we seek that God, we are given reasons to believe that that God we cannot understand is good. When you take a step in faith and you say, I'm going to pray, I'm going to trust. I'm going to ask for a sign. I'm going to seek what I know is most important and most good. You will see that reality begins to come to you in goodness. Because it is a good God you are seeking. And so it is a good God that will encounter you. Now, of course, this does not mean that if you are a Christian, your life will just be skipping beautifully from patch of daisies to patch of daisies. This does not mean that seeking a good God will result in only good things happening, because the world is a contested place. The world is full of suffering and sickness and pain and disappointment and heartbreak. Yes, full stop. But in that mess, there is a good God. A good God working through all things good, and a good God who works through all things not good to bring about more goodness in time as we seek. So, 
to seek God. What does this mean? Let's get a, a little bit practical. I mean, as practical as you can with the message, seek God. You know, it's not exactly your best life. It is kind of your best life now, actually, in a weird way. But it is, it's not exactly practical, but there are some ways that this practically takes form in our life. So if you were to be someone who wanted to seek God, what would this look like in a take-home sense? We'll have one that we can kind of apply together here, but in a take-home sense, here's my best advice for how to seek God. Just like sit and tell God you're seeking him. I honestly think it's about that simple. Set a timer on your phone, 12 minutes minimum, because we need 10 minutes just to stop overthinking everything in our own anxieties, right? But set a timer, 10, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be anything crazy long. Put the timer in the hallway so you're not getting your buzzing from your phone and just sit down in silence in your room, on the porch, in nature, wherever. Sit down and just say to the God you don't understand. You may not even know if you believe in the God. It actually doesn't matter because just God is God and God is God, as the opening psalm was saying. So you just speak out to the God that you can't comprehend, that you don't know for sure is going to respond. How could you know? You just say, God, I seek you. And sit in silence for 13 minutes. And see if at the end of that 13 minutes, you don't know what you ought to do. There's my dare. <laughs> 13 minutes, I seek you, God, help me. And the simple posture of waiting in humility, in my experience and from the testimonies I hear, is consistently enough for us to know in some weird way with a thud, oh, I think I'm supposed to go down this road or maybe this road. Or maybe I don't know which way I'm supposed to go yet, but I feel a calm I didn't feel before. Maybe something is clear. Maybe something that I needed to see in myself is rising to the surface. I don't know what the living God will tell you to do. But I know that in a world of limitless things we could seek, when we seek God, and God is the one we seek, everything else is made clear. When we seek God, we always know what to do next. So there's the take-home. 12, 13 minutes on your phone. Sit in silence and speak to the God who is listening. I seek you. Help me. Now, for us corporately, what is a communal response to seeking God? I feel like the Psalms are the gift in this. And I mean, this is probably not surprising. I've been just continually coming back to the Psalms. They've, they've become such a spiritual lifeline to me. This week on Wednesday, we prayed for the first time Common Prayer and Compline, which are here in the building at 6.30 a.m. on Wednesday and 9 p.m. on Wednesday. We had about like eight people at each, and they were just beautiful times to pray and sing the psalms together. If you want to seek God with others, if you want to seek God in the morning, but like me, you're just not disciplined enough to get up and do it on your own, come seek God here with us, 6.30 a.m. or 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. But we can also seek God using the psalms corporately today while we're here. And the psalm that I want to have us uh, pray through and chant through together today is a psalm that gives a lot of language for this seeking of God some of the lines in it that I'll just read aloud, and, and we, yeah, we can hold it off for a second. Just a couple lines that you're going to hear as we move through this psalm. 
Lines like, uh, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not stray from your commandments. That to seek God is to know his commandments. You're going to hear language like statutes and commandments in this hymn, in this psalm. If you're someone who's like, commandments, rules, that sounds oppressive. Just remember, like, what are God's commandments? What are God's statutes? Christ summed it up for us. Christ who knew the psalms inside and out summed up the commandments of God as loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. That is the command. That is the statute. Everything else falls under that. And so we carry that in our minds. There's great lines in this like, I've taken greater delight in the way of your decrees than in all manner of riches. I will meditate on your commands and give attention to your ways. My delight is in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So these are beautiful words, but also they might sound to some of you like you're sort of speaking beyond what you can, you know, you're writing a check you can't cash. I feel that sometimes when I'm praying a psalm like this. I delight in your ways more than all the riches of the world, but if something else is streaming, I might do that instead. Like, you know, I just feel like a hypocrite sometimes praying the psalms. We ain't David. The good news is this. There are things that we pray because we believe them. When we sit together and we pray out loud, we typically pray something that we believe. There are other things that we pray so that we might believe them. Things we pray hoping to believe them. Things that we become as we pray them. And this section of Psalm 19, 119, uh, to me, is one of those sections. It is full of things that I am not, but things I wish to become. It is the words of someone who seeks God and only God, and that's who I want to become. So if you would like to become that person with me, even in faith, we're going to chant through this together as a way of continuing to learn a little bit more about praying the Psalms in a sort of sung or chanted way. The last thing to help us as we continue this journey to, uh, to pray the Psalms together, we've been finding that there are different musical ways and cues that we can use for this. And so Nina is again gonna actually play the piano. And this time she's uh, taken some time to look at these notes and she's actually gonna play the music as a chant. And so I'll be singing and chanting this. You're welcome to chant along with me, but we'll have the piano guiding us note by note through it. And if we make any mistakes, Man, just let's just stay in it, let the mistakes pass by, we can give a chuckle, but just stay in that present moment together and continue to worship. Sound good? How shall 